Hey, my name is Jason. I'm the producer of Relationship Radio. I wanted to let you know that we have a brand new website solely dedicated to working on your pies. Introducing itstartswithattraction.com. You can listen to every episode, learn about the pies, and sign up for our weekly newsletter. Go to itstartswithattraction.com. It starts with attraction, one word. It starts with attraction.com to get signed up today. Hello, welcome to Marriage Helper Live. Hi, I'm Dr. Joe Beam. We'd be glad to interact with you on today's program if you'd like. This is a program where people call in and ask us questions about things to do with relationships, and then we do our best to answer those questions. My normal co-host, Kimberly Holmes, our CEO, is not able to be with us today, so it's just going to be me. If you'd like to talk to me and, and have some of these questions that we could interact about, then please call us at 657-383-0812. That's 657-383-0812. And, of course, that uh, would be a country code of one since we're in the United States of America. Before we get to the first call, let me tell you something I ran into three different times in the last few days. And it was almost the same thing, although it was always different people. There were husbands and wives, and they were interacting with each other in my presence, and they were arguing but none of them, not, not one single one, not a husband, not a wife, understood what the other person was saying. And it was not because they were speaking different languages. It was because of the fact that each person was so intent on defending himself or herself. Like, for example, if she were to say, well, if we were only to do blank, and he would go, wait a minute, we've done blank many times. Don't you understand? And so he was answering as if they were dealing with just facts and not understanding that really what they were talking about emotions. And it happened in all three situations, back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. And I kept telling the person who was defending, whether it was the guy or the gal, if you would just not need to defend yourself right now, if you could just listen for a minute or two and try to understand what the other person is actually telling you. And the best way to understand that is to try to figure out what's the motivation behind this. What is the emotion that he or she is demonstrating? With one couple, I finally had to just give an example. I said, listen, I know that you're reacting to what he just said and you're trying to defend yourself, but let me tell you what he just said. And then I looked at him and said, tell me if I got this right. What you just said was you feel disrespected by her, that you do the best you can and it's never enough. And he said, that's exactly what I'm saying. And I looked at her and said, do you understand? That's what he's trying to communicate to you. He feels he can't make you happy. He feels disrespected because he doesn't know what else he can do. He feels as if he's a failure in your eyes. And she looked at him and said, well, he shouldn't feel that way and started to give examples. And I said, stop, stop right there. Don't go back to dealing with these so-called facts because they're just symbols of what's really going on here. Do you understand that the way you respond to him, the way you're talking to him is causing within him a feeling of, you don't respect me. You don't care about what I do. You don't listen to me. Nothing I do has any value to you. Now, does it? And she started to give an example again. I said, start with the example. Just answer the question. Do you really respect this man? And she said, of course I do. Then explain to him why you respect. And then the things he's talking about, what he feels like a failure. Why aren't they failures? Let's deal with the emotions, not with the facts. Let's deal with the emotions. And finally got that couple to talking to each other where they were finally understanding each other that the thing they were arguing about was just a symbol of the frustration that each felt because he felt ignored, disrespected, misunderstood. But interestingly, so did she. 
And when they finally got that and started talking about that, they began to make progress. Now, as I said, three couples, three times just in the past weekend. So I'm thinking this is pretty much a universal thing because, because sometimes I do the very same thing with Alice and Alice does with me. That's my wife, by the way. <laughs> and our marriage is not perfect because no marriage is. And even those of us who teach this to others sometimes wind up doing the very same thing. So sometimes you just need to stop, back up just a little bit, look at things in a little different way and think, what's really going on here? And if you are still arguing and not understanding and not making any progress and it's getting worse, then one of you or both of you is missing the point. And it's okay. It's actually worthwhile to say, you know, I think we're both missing the point. At least I know that I am. What do you think we're really arguing about here? Let's see if we can get it down to the core. And if you can do that, if you can actually make that happen, then you can wind up having a really good conversation. Now, because I'm by myself, I'm looking at the screen over here saying who the callers are. So forgive me if I look away from you. I've got to be able to read to see who's next. Again, our telephone number is this. It's 657-383-0812. Now, when you hear the answer, if you just want to listen on your phone, then do nothing else. Just listen. But if you want to talk to me, if you want to ask a question, interact with me, when you hear that first answer, which will be a recorded answer, press the number one. And then that puts you into the queue so that you can talk to a call screener, which eventually then can put you on with me so we can have a conversation with each other. Okay, so we're going to our first caller now, and he is in Pennsylvania, and this is Chad. Hi, Chad. How may we help you today? Hey. <laughs> Good afternoon, Joe. I, I very much admire the, the work you've done and, and appreciate your insight that you that you provide for everyone. Well, thank you um, so much, Chad. Thank you. <laughs> certainly. My uh, just a brief brief background. My wife left two months ago to be with her LO, which at the same time is when I even found out that an affair was happening. Um, so you've only, you only known for two months. Let me make sure I get this right. You've only known for two months that she was involved in an affair. Yeah, that's what she you literally said. left me while I was asleep. Oh, um, okay. Never saw any I'm signs so of it. Warnings are nothing. Hmm. Um, okay. until, until she moved right in with him. Uh, okay. Nonetheless, we have two teenage stepdaughters who I have raised for the last ten years as full-time dad that mm -hmm. for one reason or another uh, during this time have completely cut off communication with me whatsoever. Mm -hmm. And today, uh, actually within the last hour, the oldest stepdaughter, which is 20, she's in college, reached mm -hmm. out to me and asked if I would meet her for supper. Okay. Um, and my question is, while I do not plan or will I bring up anything at all between me and her mother, how do I handle if she asks me questions? Um, my wife has identified, you know, has let me know that the oldest stepdaughter does know what is going on. Um, and okay. the oldest stepdaughter okay. is actually not even staying with her mom, but I'm not sure how to. <clears throat> not sure of what? I'm sorry. I didn't hear. I said that again. I didn't hear what you said. You're not sure of. If my oldest stepdaughter were to ask me any questions at all concerning okay, all right. my wife's situation or anything of that. Okay, that's fine. I thought that you said something else at the end there that I didn't hear. I'm so sorry. Chad, when it comes to situations like this, it's a good thing that she already knows what's going on. 
because one of the things you want to be very, very careful about, and it sounds as if you really understand this already, and so I give you some kudos for that, my friend, is that you never want to appear to throw the other person under the bus. Now, based on what you're saying, my understanding is that biologically, these are her daughters and they're your stepdaughters that you have been in their life for these 10 years, their lives for these 10 years. And how long has it been since they've had no contact with you? Two months, literally. The day that my wife left, I didn't even know mm-hmm. what was going on. So I reached out okay. to my oldest stepdaughter just to see if she had heard from her mom. I never even got a response, mm-hmm. which is totally uncharacter. So I believe she was given a heads up. Um, she may have yeah, been. It's been mm-hmm. two full months. Okay. And when she contacted you, did she actually call you or did she text you, email? What was the contact? She texted me. Okay. So there's no way for you to read uh, the tone of voice or anything like that. My my suggestion, Chad, no. is this. Uh, don't try to anticipate. <laughs> because if you try to anticipate okay. what she's going to want to talk about, then you may, just because you anticipate that, put yourself into a frame of mind where that if she comes from a different direction altogether, you're going to have to find yourself changing around. And so if you can, try your best to be as neutral and not anticipate anything. Now, she may be coming to tell you that you're a dirty, rotten scoundrel because of the fact that mama may have told her that. But she may also be coming to tell you that she's not happy with what her mother's doing and she's very unhappy with the life that's happening right now. And that she may be coming to tell you that uh, she's sorry that she's been in no contact with you. Understand that the the things here are almost limitless in the possibilities of what she might be coming to talk about. Now, since she already sure. knows that her mother's living with another guy, she already knows that she left you to go be with him, then you don't have to be worried about sharing that information you would have, you would otherwise, because you don't want to come across as throwing her under the bus. But you don't have to worry about that. And so my suggestion right. is this: feel free to be honest to answer any question she asks, unless she asks a question about how you feel about her mother. Now, if you can answer it like "I still love your mother," that's fine. But if you're going to answer it in any other way that could be uh, construed as any kind of slander or put down toward Mama. I recommend that you don't answer those questions at all. And so if she says something like, my mom's acting like a slut, you don't say a word. (laughs) You don't say anything like, yeah, she is right now, or anything else like that. If she she says what she feels, you just acknowledge it. You know, I understand. I do understand. And if she says, are you you hurt? Then answer honestly, yes, I am hurt. Would you like for your marriage to come together? Very much, I would like it come back to come back together. And so you're going to be as neutral as you possibly can. And as long as you're careful not to say anything that appears to put your wife down, then you're going to be okay. Now, the second question from me, though, to you is this. What if she is there to attack you? How are you going to handle it? I'm not saying that's going to happen. But if it were to happen, how would you handle it, my friend? Um, well, first thing I would do is take a very deep breath, but I, I would just very politely and calmly tell her that, you know, this is not a, a conversation that I wish to have at this time. And, uh, okay. you know, I, I respect that she's upset or hurt or whatnot, but that I mm-hmm. don't feel comfortable proceeding kind of at this time. And, and that is certainly your right. That is certainly your right to do that. And if you do that calmly, that'll be okay. If... On the other hand, you find yourself in a position of strength. If when you get there, if that were to happen, and I'm not even thinking that this is going to, but if it were to happen, if you could just listen 
and say, I understand. Okay. I hear what you're saying. If you can do that without getting mad, without defending yourself, then you may open a lot of doors with her, a lot of doors. Because I'm assuming, based on what you said earlier, these girls really matter to you. You do care about them. Yes, yes. Mm-hmm. Um, very, well, yes, very much. And, and my other, I guess, question, and that's why I was kind of mm-hmm. very leery about even mentioning anything, is I'm also not sure. I know the oldest does know she is living with this man, but I don't mm-hmm. know what she was told, obviously. is Right. My wife and I are, I do anticipate, you know, my wife has mentioned about wanting to move back home. So we are kind of in preparation of that, but I don't want to get in a situation where maybe my wife has said one thing to her. I'm saying a different thing. And then before you know it, it's all. Very wise. Very wise. That's why you do a lot of listening. Do a lot of listening. If she asks you a direct question, you you answer it honestly. But, uh, Okay. I would, if it were I, I would veer away from speculation. If she were to say, if mom were to come back, how do you think things are going to be? If it were I, I wouldn't answer that question directly. I'd just say, I would love for your mom to come back and whatever it takes, we'll figure it out. You know, the kind of thing where you're being generic, therefore you're not giving her any information that's contradictory to what she's getting from mom. Now, see, you didn't know me to begin with. There's a possibility mom might be coming back. That kind of shifts this thing. My guess is then it's going to be one of two things. I'm not God. I don't know. But I'm guessing it's either going to be anticipatory of if mom comes back, you know, what kind of things need to happen? Or are you sure you're going to be good to my mom if she comes back? And if she does that, then, of course, you're going to be very kind, very gentle, very understanding, and not throwing bomb under the bus in any shape, fashion, or form. Actually, if I were you, I'd be kind of uh, looking forward to this meeting, even though it could be her attacking you. That's always a possibility. I'd be kind of looking forward to this because of the fact that uh, Mama is considering coming back, and, and she may want to be able to, uh, you know, in some way helping to facilitate that. So I hope it goes well for you, certainly, my friend. Certainly. I really do. Okay, thank you very much. And uh, and now we got to go down here to, and we're going over to Arizona. All right, and we're going to be talking to Lisa. Hi, Lisa. How are you today? Lisa, are Hi. you there? Okay, yes. I can hear you now. How may I help you today? Um, my husband is in the valley. Seems um, uh, I understand it's the valley. I discovered by he he crystal to me he crystallized because that's when he told me that he was in love with another person they were coming they were coming to live with us i mean live in my town um Mm -hmm. it's been three months uh july 30th and but we lived together for two months i previously uh had an affair two years ago the condition Mm -hmm. to me even though everything that happened, the condition to me was that I lose weight. And uh, I didn't lose the weight because I was going through a lot of stress. I eat my feelings, I, I, a lot of things, and he was very angry. That's when I learned about marriage helper. I, I thought I was crazy. That's how I figured out that I was in my mind. I tried to explain it to him, but he, he never wanted to hear anything. For three years, he was angry. Um, for two years, then... He started a Lumeran affair long distance since November last year, so it's been a year now. He crystallized mm-hmm. three months ago. My question is, can you go with crystallization to the valley? Because he left 
like it, it was we kind of work in our programs I lost my weight and he was starting to show that he was very confused that he even told me I don't know if I love her but I need to do this because you know what you went through like he kind of said mm-hmm. that I owe it to him he acts mm-hmm. like I owe it to him because of what I went through and he mm-hmm. still expresses uh, you don't know what I'm going through this is very hard he he asked me about everything I do, but when I can't ask, I don't know if it's a push because basically she works nights. So those nights he stays in my house telling her that it's because I have a special needs and I need to sleep. My, my, my son does have insomnia and I sometimes can't sleep for three or four days, but he says that he's doing it because he wants to be with me and, with, and we have like a better relationship. We, we do have a better okay. relationship. Sometimes I relapse, but can you have a valley right at the same time of crystallization and how long should I keep this? If I, I do think in his eyes, we're doing better. Okay. Well, let me explain to the maybe other people listening a couple of things, if I may, very quickly, because you use some terms they may not be familiar with. And so let me explain those. When Lisa talks about crystallization, that's actually what we refer to as the second phase of a thing called limerence. Limerence has to do with a lot of things. Now, I don't have time to explain limerence here because we have so many callers waiting. If you would like to know about limerence, here's what I recommend that you do. You go to youtube.com slash marriagehelper. And if you go to youtube.com slash marriage helper and subscribe, and if you subscribe there, we have several thousand subscriptions. Subscribe there. It's free. It doesn't cost you anything. And then you have access to all kinds of videos that we've done there. And you'll find several that are on the subject of limerence. Sometimes they'll be titled things like madly in love because limerence is a version of being quote madly in love and quote. Now, I'm actually writing another book about limerence. I'm actually writing my first book about limerence. I've written many books, the first book about limerence. And in that, I'm talking about the three phases of limerence. And I've talked about that some on recordings and et cetera. And that's where Lisa's getting this idea of crystallization. Limerence basically has three phases. But, but it's not always easy to know which phase a person is in. Now, she's convinced that her husband is in the second phase, which is crystallization. And if he is then that's the most intense level of limerence. I mean, it's pretty powerful right there. I don't have time to explain it again. Go to the YouTube videos and watch for the book when it finally comes out. Although, <laughs> based on my current level of completion, it should be finished about 10 years after I die. I'm going to try to get that book done as quickly as I can. But you're guessing if you guess that a person is crystallization, even even Lisa having the guess there, because there's no bona fide test that'll tell you. But if you're there, you're in a tense situation, very intense. Now, what she went on to describe, if you heard what Lisa was saying, <clears throat> pardon me, allergies here. <clears throat> what she was describing is that he's with her, but he's also with Lisa. That particularly on the nights that she's, she's working, he's back over here. And that he's actually saying things to Lisa to try to get her not to end this thing. As, as she was saying, it almost as if you owe me, because since you have been through limerence earlier in our relationship, you understand the intensity of the emotion I'm feeling. Therefore, since you understand the intensity of the emotion I have for this other person, I'm asking for some tolerance. I'm interpreting that. That's the word I'm using based on what Lisa said. I'm asking for some tolerance. <clears throat> Let me live like this for a while with her, but still somehow making a relationship with you. Now, that is what we refer to as the valley. The valley is when a person has a relationship with two people, the spouse and someone else. 
And as they live in the valley, they don't have to really make a choice. Now, he's trying his best to keep Lisa from forcing a choice by telling her the things he told her. You've been there. You need to understand. And that's designed, I don't know him, I'm guessing, but I'm pretty sure my guess is right. That's designed to keep her from making any kind of action that would stop this valley. In other words, I'm living here with a relationship with her and a relationship with you. I'm kind of getting the best of both worlds. I don't have everything I want from either, but I'm getting enough from each that is kind of comfortable for me to stay here. Now, when people have a spouse in the valley, they have a right, if they wish, to just go right in there and end it. To say to him, for example, Lisa could say to her husband, no, I'm not going to tolerate this. You make a decision one way or the other. Either choose her or choose me, but we're not going to continue like this. Now, if she forces that, if she does that, she actually used the word push because that's a word we use in a lot of our teaching. If she were to push that, force that, then she must understand that he has two options and she's not sure which one he's going to take. The option might be that he goes with the other woman. Now, she's got to be ready to accept that as reality, that if that happens, it happens, and not to beat herself up because she went ahead and forced something to occur. In other words, if you're going to make this decision, understand the potential consequence and don't beat yourself up if that negative consequence occurs. Because the other possible consequence is that he ends it with her and starts to work on this relationship again. And, and Lisa has the right to make that demand one way or the other. Now, we do sometimes recommend to people that if, if in the valley, progress is being made toward you. In other words, he, <clears throat> pardon me, allergies, I apologize. He or she, your spouse, involved with another person, but also involved with you. And if there's progress being made with you, in other words, you're, you're talking more, you're understanding each other more, you're beginning to spend a little bit more time with each other, emotions are beginning to redevelop, particularly in the straying spouse then sometimes, sometimes it can actually be advantageous if you let that spouse continue in the valley for a little while. Now, I know it hurts. It's going to hurt like I'll get out. And if you can't handle it, then don't. <laughs> if you can't handle it, then don't try to let it go on for a while. But if you can cope with it and progress is being made toward you, rather than making the demand right now, and you don't know exactly which way they're going to choose, you can wait a little longer as that relationship with you intensifies, gets better and gets stronger before you ever make that demand. And then it's more likely that the spouse is going to move toward you than toward the other person. Now, people say, how long do I let this go? It's, it's an art, not a science. It has to do with, is progress being made? Do you feel that progress is being made with you? Because if that's not happening, there's no reason to let this thing go any further. And another thing would be, are you really able to cope with this? Because if the valley is causing damage, not just hurt, it's always hurts, but causing damage to you or to your children if they're involved or even to the other person. In other words, it's affecting you physically where that, that you're beginning to find yourself to get sick easily or you're moping all the time, emotionally, intellectually, spiritually. If it's affecting you negatively in these ways at some point, even if some progress is being made back towards you, at some point, if enough damage is being done, you still have to make the demand. You can't wait longer to see if this gets better because the damage being done to you or to your children or even conceivably to your string spouse makes it where like we can't let this go on further than this. The damage is becoming too bad. Therefore, I'm going to make a demand. Choose. Choose that person or choose me. Now, did you hear all that? Quick summary. 
if they're making progress with you and you can handle it and it's not causing damage, sometimes it makes it okay to let the valley go a little further so you can intensify your relationship. Because whenever you make that demand, the demand is going to be choose the other person or choose me. And if you make that demand, you have to stand with it. You cannot give it up. In other words, you can't vacillate back off and go, okay, never mind. No, if you make that demand, you have to back it up. Otherwise, you're going to lose all kinds of things that are not good for you. So if you need to make it now, make it now. If you can tolerate it for a while, do. If it starts causing damage, don't. I hope that makes sense through all that. I talked through a whole lot of things there in a hurry. And then we're going to go to uh, Lynn over in Texas. Hi, Lynn. How may we help you today? Hi, Dr. Bean. Thank you for taking my call. You're very welcome. How may I help you, my friend? So, uh, as we have been moving towards reconciliation, mm-hmm. there's times that he will open up more about himself. Um mm-hmm. But over the last couple of weeks, it seems like he's expecting me more to be vulnerable and open up, and he remains closed off and mm-hmm. doesn't share what's going on with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I haven't brought up the relationship or how we actually move forward. Um, he's not willing to go to counseling. He's not willing to do any of the online coaching or any of the online work or read the books or mm-hmm any of those things from trying mm-hmm. to move forward for the affair and, mm-hmm. and was it trying his affair? to stay in the smart contact. Okay. Was it his affair? Yes. Okay. And is that affair over? He says it is. Okay. And how long does he say it's been over? Uh, pretty much uh, the end, middle of September. The last okay, time so, we actually saw and spoke to each other was in July, um, but they okay. still work together at school. Yeah, I understand. That's got to be tough. And so is he uh, willing? Is he trying? Is he actually talking about the fact that he's trying to reconcile with you? There are moments that he does where he mm-hmm. wants to make sure it's for us and not necessarily our children. Mm-hmm. Um, so I try to step back and just listen, um, mm-hmm. and then share my feelings about, I don't want to go backwards. I only want to go forward. I can understand that kind of what I, envision. but in his, but he, he and you are in agreement that you are at least in some phase of reconciliation. Is that what I'm hearing? Yes. Yes. Sir. Okay. All right. Good. All right. And so what I just heard you say is that, that he vacillates between being open and not being open, but he wants you to be open. Any idea why now he's really into wanting you to be open and transparent? Any idea as to why it's like that right now? I think he's in my perception, my world, my head is he's trying to get a gut check of where I am um, to see mm-hmm. if I the changes that I have actually made from an emotional standpoint are actually staying and sustainable. Um, okay. I, I, fe- I know that he fears when he opens up that I may get too emotional, and one of the things mm-hmm. that he says that he can't handle my emotions. But yeah, that's not unusual. I've back and decided to stay. Well, so, yeah, well I'm, I'm sure you have, and, and I'm sure – I have no doubt you're an extremely strong person. You really are. Uh, 
But understanding the situation we're talking about, sometimes, and particularly, it seems to be more men than women that do this. It's like, uh, can you really forgive me for what I've done? And and if he were really involved emotionally with this other person, even though he's ended it, even though it's over, there'll be times in his head when he's going to wonder, are you really going to be able to live with me? Are you really going to be able to get past all of these things? And therefore, some men, not all, but some, and some women, of course, but I see it more in men, when they start seeing that emotion in you, the reason they react negatively to it is because it's evoking tremendous guilt inside of them. Like, I did this. I caused that. Now, they may not even know that guilt is what they're feeling. They just know they start feeling this thing inside of them that's just not happy. It's like, oh, this hurts. You're crying, and I'm I'm hurt because of it, and then I start getting angry because of it. But it's not really because you hurt. It's because deep down inside, I know I caused that hurt. Now, I know that's not logical. But we're not talking about logic. We're talking about emotions here. And so for that to occur doesn't really sound scary to me. It's like, okay, that kind of is par for the course. It happens a lot. I would recommend you not panic about that. And if he goes through something, reconciliation is more like this, uh, Lynn. Reconciliation is not diving into the deep end of the pool. Uh, Reconciliation is starting to wade in from the shallow end (laughs) and you wait a little bit and then you stop and then you wait a little bit more and then you stop and then you wait a little bit more. And then sometimes you back up three steps and that's really how reconciliation works because you're having to re-put everything, not re-put, you kind of have a new way of putting things together because you don't want them to be like they were before. And so to have that kind of vacillation, that kind of back and forth thing when a person's wading into it. Again, that's not really scary when we hear it because we go, well, that's kind of the way it works. But the question is, are you deeper into the pool than you were a month ago? Yes. Did I lose you? Hello, can you hear me? I can hear you now. I lost you there for a minute. So are you guys deeper into the pool than you were in September? Yes. Okay, so you are yes. making progress. Okay, so my yes, opinion would be, go ahead, go ahead. The the slow progress. Uh, he's holding my hand. He's more intimate physically, Good. just not emotionally, and that's when mm-hmm. crap starts circling in my head and me trying to figure out what he's yeah. thinking. Mm-hmm. I, I recommend, my friend. If, if possible, don't don't try to get into his head, okay? Just understand we're waiting. Sometimes we'll wait a couple steps back, but we're waiting. We're making progress. We're going toward the, the deeper end. And when we get there, it's going to be full commitment because it's in seek or swim. But everything I'm hearing here sounds like it's kind of part of how these things happen. So while I understand you think, why is he all of a sudden closed off? And, and why is he doing this? And why is he doing that? If you keep asking yourself those questions, then you're going to drive yourself crazy. Because I'll guarantee you there are times when he himself doesn't know why he's doing those kinds of things. It's just the way it happens. But, hey, it sounds good to me. I think you're making great progress. And I know you've been to hell and back. And I am proud of how strong you are, my friend. And then we're going to Chris in Minnesota. Um, well, at least I thought I was going to Chris. Let me try that button again. Chris in Minnesota. Hmm. Chris, I think it connected. Are you there? Can you hear me? Yeah, I can now. And may we help you, my friend? Awesome. Okay. Thanks for taking my call, Dr. Bean. Okay. Um, I'm from Michigan too. So. <laughs> oh, it says well, Minnesota on um, the screen here. So therefore, you have to move. 
My screen can't be all wrong. Right, so you... <laughs> okay. All right, Michigan. Um, How many we help you, Chris? Uh, let me let me explain. I got a little backstory here. I've been married for 13 years. We've been together for 20 high school sweethearts. And about four months ago, uh, kind of blindsided, where my wife's always been kind of a bottler of emotions, and supposedly she was going through some stuff in our marriage that uh, just kind of overbearingness and this and that. that mm-hmm. Little things I think could have been worked out with talking, but like I say, she's kind of buries her emotions, doesn't like conflict. And kind of blindsided me with uh, basically waking up one day and saying she's not in love with me anymore and doesn't mm-hmm. want to be with me and got to make a decision. Of, you know, we have two young kids, two young mm-hmm. boys, and mm-hmm. wants to try to make it work for them. And it's been a process for the last four months of um, basically trying to live together, coexist, co-parent in, a, in our house. And... Mm-hmm. It seems like through this whole process, of course, you know, I'm heartbroken and I want nothing more. Yeah. I've told her, you know, I'm here for you. I support you. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. I've, I'm always here for you. So let's just try to work this out. Mm-hmm. And after looking at some of your courses in this class, I think at the beginning it didn't start out too well where I, you know, probably tried to, you know, talk to her more than maybe what I should have about this and mm-hmm. seemed to uh, push a little bit, of, uh, you know, I think her away. And from not wanting to talk about it, and there was a uh, an emotional affair that I found out about a month into this, and ever since that, it has um, been physically and emotionally kind of cut off between me and her. She's on separate floors, living on a separate floor. We don't sleep together. Um, you know, like I say, she was my best friend, doing everything together, and now you know we we have no outside life together we don't really do stuff we're just basically mm-hmm. co-parenting and it seems okay. like over the, the course of the last few months whenever we try to talk i, I you know i, I kind of live by the golden rule tree treat others as you want to be treated and this and that mm-hmm. and there's a lot of a lot of hate i think and a lot of guilt in her heart you know mm-hmm. i mean i don't know this 100 percent, but it, mm-hmm. how she how she talks and how she treats me it's a lot of disrespect, mm-hmm. and you know, I mean, it, it, mm-hmm. it's a, it's 180 degrees difference from the person I knew, so it's hard to live okay. with that. And I've been very positive and been trying to do that. It just seems like um, recently it just keeps getting worse and worse. And okay. I'm just wondering. I don't want. I wanted. I want to be with my wife. I want to keep my family whole. I'm just mm-hmm. trying to see what are good ways to to do that when. <sighs> seems like all you get is negativity every day and yeah that's got to be tough you know, I know it is. There's, yeah it is it is so here's the question my friend when people want out of a relationship it's it's either because of the fact that that things are happening within the relationship that we call pushes every marriage has some push so no, we're not talking about minor inconveniences and i don't like this i don't like we look we look for things like is there something going on that's so big that I just really want to get away from this. And that typically becomes things like, I feel like I'm being dominated or controlled, or I feel like I'm completely yeah. being ignored or taking, uh, for, uh, taking advantage of, or it can even be abuse. Like I feel like I'm being verbally, mentally, emotionally, or even physically abused. But we look for things like, is there a big enough push here, a really big push inside the relationship where the person wants out of it because they're thinking being out of it, I'd be happier than being in it because this, this is miserable for me. Now, the other thing yeah. to look at is, are there pulls out there? Okay. 
Now, you said she had an emotional affair. You heard about that. That's definitely a pull. That's a pull that will pull a person out of a relationship. That kind of thing will. The, The stronger the push there is within a relationship, the less power the pull has to have. The better okay. the relationship is, the stronger and better it is, the more powerful that pull has to be to pull them out. Now, she was in the emotional affair. My understanding from you is that that's ended at this point. Is that your understanding, that it's over? Yes, that there was with uh, someone that we knew, and it, it, it was more in her part than, than, than okay. his, and he didn't want it, and luckily he knew us, and... You know, that was kind of never went anywhere. My worry is, of course, in my head that that happened once. She tried it. Luckily, it was Mm -hmm. something we knew. But, but, you know, and she's she's had a big transformation of, you know, her change in appearance and and everything. So it's, you know, it's just like playing your head, I guess, of scenarios of what you work out. That can be a pretty powerful thing. As far as you know. Is there some big push? If I were to talk to her, if she and I were sitting over coffee somewhere and I were asking her, okay, tell me about things with Chris. Is there anything in the relationship with Chris that you just feel is, is a big push pushing you away from him? It, would there be one? Would she tell me something? If so, what would she say? Currently, it's, uh, you know, maybe once every couple weeks or every three weeks, I try to kind of get a, a feeling of, you know, where she's at, how are things going. It seems mm-hmm. like things are going great. And just want to, mm-hmm. you know, and she, she does not want to talk about anything. As but I'm day one does not want to talk. I'm talking about two or three months ago, before you found out all this stuff was going on. What would she have said then? Um, I guess she could say that uh, a little overbearing or controlling. That's that's how it kind of started. That she she thought, okay. you know, and I'm is that correct? Are you sometimes? Are you sometimes overbearing I, or controlling? I don't really. I don't really see it, but I guess, you know, with certain incidences, maybe a little bit. I mean, I might mm-hmm. with uh, we're with a group of friends and we go out, want to go out to dinner or something. I might want to mm-hmm. voice my opinion more than, you know, I guess it's one of those. Yeah, I try to get my way more than more than okay. others, but I've definitely if changed that. Enough up. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, my friend, here's my strong recommendation to you. If she feels controlled and dominated, even if you don't intend it, you see, we often look at how is it affecting the other person? No matter what my motivation is, how is it affecting the other person? Now, I'm not talking about a false affectation where a person's pretending, oh, he's overbearing, and that's a, that is an excuse they use to get away from you. I'm not talking about that. But if a person really feels that way, really feels that way, then what we strongly recommend is if, if that's how you're coming across to him or to her, we're talking now to the whole big audience here, that I'm being controlling, I'm being dominated, whatever else it might be, if that's how they're perceiving it, rather than defending yourself, rather than saying, well, I only did that a little, or she shouldn't react that strongly, our recommendation is the first step that you do is to examine yourself and go, is there something there I really need to change? Is there something I need to be less intense about? Is there something I need to understand about the other person? So rather than defending ourselves, as I started this program back, um, well, 40 minutes ago, as I started this program 40 minutes ago, I was talking about the three different couples I talked about two recently, and they weren't really hearing what the other person was feeling. And so if a person's feeling that they're being dominated or that you're being overbearing, they may manifest that in different ways. They may argue about you just talk too much when we're out with other people or you seem to always want to get your way. And you say, well, that just gives me everything in a nutshell, right? No, what you really want to get to is what they feel. And if you can say, you know, sometimes I think I probably do that. If you think I do, then surely I do. What kind of emotions are you feeling when that happens? 
if they say things like, I feel disrespected. Now, he said he felt disrespected. I get it. But if she were to say, I feel disrespected, or I feel as if I'm not important, or I feel as if I'm being treated as a child, if you can get down to those things and understand those emotions, you're beginning to understand why somebody would want to be out of the relationship. Now, that understanding doesn't automatically fix it. But that understanding is the first thing that has to happen if you're going to figure out how to fix it. Because if that's the effect I'm having on another person, then I'm going to have to do something different. You say, well, why doesn't the other person change? (laughs) The only person I can control is me. That's the only person, and that's the one we recommend. Okay, so we're going down to uh, Florida this time. And is it... uh, Let's see if it connects. Is it is it Daniela? Daniela, how do you pronounce your yes, name? Yes, that's me, Daniela. Daniela, okay. How will we help you today, Daniela? Yes. I'm good. Thank you so much for answering my call. Um, so I have this situation. So I'm really young. I'm only 22 years old, and me and my husband oh, wait, got married really I, young. We got married. It's just just oh, one second. I'm, I, I, <laughs> I don't hear very well. Sorry. How old did you? Oh. I'm 22. Okay. Hello? Okay, thank you. I got it. My helper here helping me. I do have a hearing problem. You're 22, is that what you okay. said? <laughs> no, no. Yeah, <laughs> I'm so, so sorry, Daniela. Okay. No, no, no. I can be really fast sometimes, too. So, uh, but yeah, so I'm only 22 years old. Me and my husband got married two and a half years ago. So we obviously got married really young. And mm-hmm. we are both from a Christian background. So it makes sense. Like, we're saving ourselves from our marriage. We, um, got, I mean, started dating in college, mm-hmm. um, and everything was going pretty good. Obviously, like every marriage, we had some problems, but mm-hmm. then half a year ago, he tried to cheat on me. So he invited a girl mm-hmm. over and tried, but she rejected him. And then she would tell, she told me that that happened. I didn't mm-hmm. know that girl, like it was his friend. Mm-hmm. Anyways, um, it was obviously a um, really big shock for me. I didn't think that ever going to happen, That like, I never expected that. And I forgave him. We moved on. We um, moved to a different city for his job. It seemed like everything was going pretty well for the half a year. Um, it really seemed like it was getting better. But then, half, I mean, one month ago, we had a really good conversation, like just two mature adults, not like we didn't have a fight or nothing. Um, mm-hmm. But he was like, um, when we would have fights, he would tell me, oh, I'm jealous of young guys. Um, I mean, not young, but single guys. Like I'm jealous mm-hmm. that they can just sleep with whoever, do whatever. And I feel like I'm missing out. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, that's obviously not okay. Like we need, like, we need to, work on that and figure it out because like Mm -hmm. you can't live like all your life and feel like you're missing out so we both decided to take a break and he was like divorce is not an option we're just going to take a month's break i moved to my brothers and sisters-in-law like so we both live in madison wisconsin but i moved to Mm -hmm. florida to stay with my brother and sister-in-law over this break Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And he called me and we talked through, like we only talked every weekend. Like we didn't talk during the week. We didn't like really keep in touch besides the weekend. He would call me once mm-hmm. a week. And mm-hmm. last week he called and he was like, actually, you know what? Like, I feel like I can't achieve any goals with you. So 
the one thing he would like get on me about is that like I spent a lot of money and he feels like he can't um achieve goals with me which I do take like responsibility that like I came from like my parents did spoil me when I was young and I didn't realize that until I got married that I was kind of like a little spoiled you know so okay I so you've, know you've been apart problem. how long now you've been apart how long a month a month okay and he's about the same age yeah. that you are is that correct Yes, he's one year older than me. Yeah, he's okay. twenty-three right now. And so he's still he's still up north while you're down in Florida, right? Yes, correct. And uh, is he now living that single lifestyle that he wanted to live? Um, I guess I don't know. Like, I mean, we when I left, we said like we're obviously still married. We're not like you know mm-hmm. going anywhere like physical or anything. But he called me last weekend and he said that he made a decision and he's done a hundred percent. And he, like, was saying this kind of things, like, oh, you can, like, go date other guys. Like, it doesn't matter anymore. Like, like he said that he's done. But then an hour later, he called me back. He was like, oh, wait a second. I talked with my dad. And it's funny because his parents divorced when he was young. So he always was trying to make an, like, an impression on his parents that he can put a family mm-hmm. together and they're not going to divorce. Mm-hmm. And his dad, like, left the family. So it's funny because his dad called him and he was like, don't rush into calling quits because it is way easier to call it quits but it's hard to like put it back together so his dad mm-hmm. gave him advice not to like call it quits so he okay, took so it back what, as in like where does it stand now is it stand now that he wants a divorce or does it stand that he wants to put the marriage back together where is it now um so that's the thing he because it all happened like in an hour like literally like in one hour he said mm-hmm. he wants to be done and then an hour right. later he said that his dad said right. he should try it he said today? that like um, right so we haven't talked not we haven't talked this weekend at all and he it's kind of like he's still taking a break so he's not calling it quits but he's not putting it back together so he's kind okay. of like in as you say valley stage i guess okay i don't know like he's not necessarily he's, in the valley because yeah. it doesn't we don't know if there's another person there yeah. or not but it does sound as if That's true, yeah. you know, here's what i'm hearing i'm hearing you say that my husband said he's jealous of the single guys because they can go do whatever they want to do however they want to do it and 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 then somehow you guys come to a conclusion that what you'll do is you'll separate you moved halfway across the country and he's up there where he can now live like that he can live like that fantasy he was chasing so therefore it does not surprise me one iota that he would call you after a, a month and say, hey, I'm done. Because if that's the fantasy he was chasing and now he's living in it, but for a short period of time, he's been in it just long enough to get the upside of it, but not long enough to get the downside of it. And and to then call you back and say, mm, I'm liking this. I don't want to be married to you. I mean, I can understand that. I get how that happened. I'm glad that his father seems to be a voice of reason where he's saying, you know, you ought not do this. But, but Daniela, here's what I would recommend. If you really want to make this marriage work, it's not going to work if you're living in Florida and he's living up there and he's living the life of a single man, which he told you was his fantasy. That's what he wanted to do. Now, you cannot make him move to Florida. Of course, you could move back up there if you wished, but I'm sure there's some there's some obstacles in that. There are also some risk in that. I mean, if you move back up there and he's continued to live that love the lifestyle and continue not to live as your husband, then that's going to be miserable for you. The bottom line now is this: <clears throat> either either you somehow tell him and and he responds positively, "I'm ready to work on the marriage. We need to do some things together." 
which means either I come up there or you come down here. We do something. I mean, like, would you be amenable? You can ask him, would it be okay with you if I move back up there and move in with you, if you're willing to take that risk? I don't know if you are or not, but if you were willing to take that risk to say, I want to move back in with you up here and we're going to work on this thing. But as it stands the way it is right now, as long as it's continuing to go as it is right now, the only hope I would see for your marriage would be if he is in that single lifestyle long enough that at some point he starts to get to the negatives of it. Like, you know, it's not all just fun and games and drinking and carousing and women. There's loneliness. There's looking for meaning. There's wanting to have some kind of fulfillment. There's wanting to have knowing that there's one person in my world that loves me and will be with me no matter what. So that single life in and of itself will not be fulfilling forever unless in his mind he's a little boy and continues to be a little boy. If he ever grows up, he'll want companionship. The difficulty you have is that you're down in Florida. And when he comes to that downside, if he's got no contact with you, no real contact with you other than a phone call every so often, then if he decides that he wants a companion and to settle down and to grow up, it's more likely that's going to happen with somebody he meets up there. Now, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm not trying to tell you that life is miserable and, and, and this is not solvable. But with you being half a country apart and him living that lifestyle, if you have any hope of this, my opinion is that something has to change and you're probably not going to convince him to move down to you. So you have to decide within yourself, am I willing, am I willing to take the risk to move back up there? If, if indeed he will let me live with him and we will do what we need to do. Okay. And so now oh, we're running out of time very quickly here. So I'm going to try to get another call or two. Let's go. We're calling the Canberra in Oklahoma. Is it pronounced Canberra? Am I saying that correctly? Canberra, that's correct, yes. Okay. How may I help you, Canberra? My husband and I recently just started reconciliation um, this last mm -hmm. week. And when mm -hmm. he moved back home, we had some discussions about um, kind of moving forward and, and what needs to happen. At one point, I asked him about the relationship between his mother and myself, because we used to have a very good relationship. And then when mm -hmm. we separated, he vilified me at some point to the point that mm -hmm. she no longer spoke to me all of a sudden, um, even blocking me on the phone, even though, you know, mm -hmm. one day she was speaking to me. And then the very next day after he went and had a conversation with her, you know, all yeah. of a sudden there was no more communication. And so right. I said, well, you know, we kind of need to repair that relationship. So, you know, what was it that you talked to her about? And, of course, he's like, it doesn't matter what I told her. It doesn't, we just need to move forward. We don't need to talk about any of that. Um, I'm sure you guys will fix things, and it'll be fine. So he just wants to kind of sweep it under the rug. And I don't mm -hmm. know how to kind of move forward. Need, need some advice, I guess, to move forward on repairing that relationship as well um, during the mm -hmm. reconciliation process. How important is that relationship to you in terms of reconciliation? Like, for example, well, would, you, would you still reconcile with your husband even if things never got better between your mother-in-law and you? Would you still reconcile? Absolutely. And that's okay. kind of where I left it the evening that we were, had this discussion. I said, you know what? You're right at this time. We don't need to talk about that. We need to worry about our relationship and get it right. on a better path because it's very fragile at this moment itself mm -hmm. and so that's something mm -hmm. we can discuss later down the road but with the holidays coming up I know I, I was wondering yeah. if it's going to kind of be tense or 
Well, so. otherwise, in, in personality, what is mama-in-law like? Is she generally a nice person otherwise? She is a nice person. Um, it is – she – obviously thinks very highly of her son. I would never yeah. ever want her to take any sides. I would never ask a mom to say, I have kids of my own. I would never right. ask a mom to take sides or anything like that. And so right. that's why right. I was surprised when, when she did stop communication, because I hadn't asked her to do any of that. We hadn't had anything yeah. like that to that point. And so, um, yeah. and so, so those kinds of things happen. Know, happen a lot, Cameron, believe it or not. Uh, parents tend to side with their kids even when their kids are dead wrong. It's just amazing. When when I would be thinking a parent would be like, mm, let me try to help make things better, not let me help you side, uh, be on your side even if I think you're wrong. There's no telling what he said to her. But understand that when people are doing things they shouldn't be doing, among those things are some of the things that they say. I mean, it can, it can be terrible things. I don't know that it's any advantage to you to know what it was that he said to her, really, because it probably was mean. It probably was tacky. And, and I'm sure at this point he regrets he ever said it. At that point, he was either angry, upset, or trying to get mama on his side or something. So he said something he shouldn't have said. I don't see any advantage to you, my friend, or to your husband, to try to go back and say, well, what did you tell her? Because it's just going to hurt. And I don't know that hurt's going to lead to any good. The second thing about that, then, is that what we have seen many times, and I hope happens for you, is that as you go through the reconciliation process and things get better and better and better with your husband, that this over here will just kind of resolve itself. That's why I was asking if she's a nice person. Because if she's a mean old person, then things may not get better by themselves. But you said she's typically a nice person. Now, when it comes to the holidays, for example, you know, how's it going to be? Here's Thanksgiving coming up. Here's Christmas coming up. If she's generally a nice person, my guess is she's going to be polite and nice. It might be a little strained. It might be a little awkward. But you sound to me like you're a pretty strong person. You sound to me like a very bright person. And if you can just kind of go with that flow, my prediction, and I think I I'm, I'm probably would put money on this if I were a betting man. My prediction is as things get better with your husband, will get better with your mother-in-law. And you may never have a conversation about that with her. In other words, why would you? If things get better and you wind up being where you need to be, if you don't need to go back and discuss that, then why bring that up? Why cause the pain? Is that making any sense to you at all, Canberra? Oh, that makes absolute sense. And, yeah, to put it in that perspective, I really appreciate it. So okay. that does make sense. Are you as smart as you sound? You sound like a pretty smart person to me. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> yeah, you probably made A's so. and B's in school and all that kind of good stuff, right? I did. Absolutely, I did, yes. Yeah, yeah I can just tell. I like talking to very smart people because it makes me feel better about me. <laughs> it's like at least smart <laughs> people talk to me. <laughs> it makes me feel good. You can handle this camera. It's going to be okay. Okay? All right. Thank you so much, Dr. Bean. You're very welcome. Yep, I do like talking to people smarter than I am because somehow it just elevates me a little bit. That's why I work with the crew that I work with. I'm looking around our room here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> as a matter of fact, the two people in the room with me right now, we have our uh, our producer, and he's a very sharp young man. And then our production assistant actually was one of my students at a university here and uh, graduated 4.0 straight A. Uh, brilliant and humble and all those kinds of things. That's the kind of people I have to surround myself with because otherwise I'm a pretty dumb guy. All right. So let's move on one more 
one more call we're going to get here, and we're going to go to New Mexico again. And if I can make it work here, go to New Mexico again and go to Dominique. Dominique, are you there? Hi, yes, this is Dominic. Thanks for taking my call. You're very uh, Dominic, that's how I pronounce it. Dominic, how may I help you today, Dominic? Yeah, Dominic. So my wife and I are recently separating. She actually moves out this Sunday. And mm-hmm. I can give you a quick backstory. Um, probably the push that's getting her out of our relationship is the fact that we discovered that I'm infertile, so I can't have mm-hmm. kids. And we've been dragging our feet about adopting or fostering. And I know that's a, a priority for her. Yeah. So she's been hurt because we've been dragging our feet. So she's distanced herself from me. And now the pull from our relationship is she's seeking attention from other guys. So mm-hmm. she's made the decision that she wants to go out and see what she's missing in the relationship. So she's moving oh, wow. out Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, probably where my my confusion sets in today is, is I've been looking at the material on the website and mm-hmm. trying to figure out my course of action. So I've looked at some of the smart contact and some pies. Mm-hmm. And I realized that one of the things I did wrong initially was that I did spy on her a little bit when the separation started yeah. because I was so blindsided. Yeah. Um, in my, my spying and seeing what I saw on her phone through text messages, one of our best mutual friends is actually encouraging her to leave the relationship and encouraging her to seek the attention from other guys and, mm-hmm. and introducing her to other men. And so wow. my question is, how do I, they are going to come and help her move out on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Should I confront them? Because my opinion is that they shouldn't be involved in our relationship one, one way or the other, I suppose. Yeah, I agree. So, I, if, I, if I'm wearing your shoes, I'd be furious with these people. But here's the question. What do you expect to accomplish if you confront them? I don't know. I guess somewhere inside of me, my hope is that they can either be encouraging for the two of us or they mm-hmm. can choose to not participate. But, mm-hmm. you know, that's just my hope. I don't know that's what will happen. Yeah, well, already they're encouraging her to move on. They're introducing her to other people. So, so far, they've definitely not been on your side. And I agree. They're, right. they're way out of our line. They're, what they're doing is terrible in my estimation. I mean, I'm, I'm getting mad at them, and I don't even know who they are. But how dare they do this? But my fear is, my friend, that if you were to confront them, if, they've already, if they're already thinking like that, your confrontation to them might just convince them that they're absolutely right. That, you know, she needs to be with somebody else, not you. Uh, these people aren't friends to you. At least they're not being friends to you right now. And, right. and whatever they have in their mind, it doesn't make any sense to me. It sounds like their morals are all screwed up. It sounds like all kinds of things are messed up here. And the biggest fear I would have for you, Dominic, is if you confront them and they go to her and then badmouth you to her, then they just convince her that much more that she should be trying uh, relationship with other guys. I mean, do what you think is right. You make your own decisions. I don't. But it would appear to me, my friend, unless there's something about these people that you know that that I'm not understanding, I don't see any upside to this. Other than you being able to tell them what you think, do you really, really honestly believe that they would change? Well, I think that the husband in the relationship probably isn't aware hmm. to the degree of which his wife is participating. Um, okay. But 
I don't know. You're right that I don't know what that outcome is going to be. Yeah. If indeed he's not aware to the level that his wife's participating in this, his marriage may be in trouble too. Actually, believe it or not, if she's that encouraging, go try somebody else. It may be because she's urging your wife to do what her fantasy is. Now, I'm not saying that's the case. I don't know. I'm just saying that's a possibility. Right. If, if Dominic, if, if I were in your shoes and I felt like the husband was a good enough friend, then I might go see the husband, but it wouldn't be to chastise him. It would be to say, may I tell you how hurt I am by what you guys are doing? In other words, put it back on you. So rather than you terrible people, you're doing this awful thing, I'd be, put, I'd be putting it on, I trusted our friendship and I'm crushed. In other words, put it back on you. That's less likely to get him to be defensive. And, and if you feel that that would have some value, then do so. But I would ask you again to think, what are you really trying to accomplish? And do you think it really will do that? Okay. Right. And I, I like right. that idea mm-hmm. of speaking to him and that approach. That's kind of what I was thinking or leaning towards. Good. Well, give and, it a shot. And if it works, let me know. I'd love to know about it. I really would. Okay. Okay. Should I just right, continue you. with pies? Hey, always. You see, the thing about the okay. pies is the pies are always are for you. you. You become the best you can be physically, intellectually, emotionally, spiritually. And, and you do that no matter what how the other person acts or how they react. Because if you do the pies only because you think it's going to lead the other person to do something, if they don't do that, you quit them. And that's not good. The pies are for you. It's you becoming the best you that you can possibly be. And, and so we would encourage you, no matter what, you continue to work on that. We hope that your marriage gets put back together somehow. We hope and pray that that happens for you. But if, uh, if it doesn't, then by doing the pies, and those things we talk about, being the safe place, all those are the things we discuss, means that whatever happens to you next is going to be better than you can imagine. Here, you see, there's a principle in life, which is like attracts like. If a person, for example, were abandoned by his wife and, and this person sinks into depression and self-pity and et cetera, if they were to attract another person, they're going to attract a person like that. But a person who becomes strong, and and again, we hope your marriage makes it. We really, truly hope your marriage makes it. But in this situation, if if you become the best you you can be, which is what the pies is all about, then if God forbid that doesn't happen, the marriage doesn't come back together, you're going to be in such a better place for a relationship in the future. And that's not what we're trying to prepare you for. We're trying to help your marriage. But this is a wonderful side effect of it. I'm going to mention again, you guys can go to uh, youtube.com slash marriage helper, and we have all kinds of videos there and all kinds of topics. Please be sure to subscribe. And we put up new videos every week. And if you subscribe, then it will let you know every time those new videos go up. And you can see, well, that's one that I would like to see, or mm, that one doesn't interest me, but two or three a week we have going up, I think. Is that right, Jesse? Two or three a week, something like that? I'm asking my producer over there. And of course, go to our website, marriagehelper.com. And if you would like to talk to somebody here to help you understand the things we could do to assist you in your relationship, you call us toll-free at 866-903-0990. That's 866-903-0990. Now, that's not a hotline. It's not going to put you with a counselor. But you will talk to people who care, who will understand, who will listen, and help you to understand what services we have that can help you, or if you need to go someplace else to find what it is that you need. Okay, until next Monday when we do a little Marriage Helper Live again, this is Dr. Joe Beam saying, have a great life. Thank you. <laughs>